Welcome to the Garden Path Podcast, life lessons and conversations from the garden. Hi, I'm your host, Misty Little, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 6. It feels a little weird to be podcasting again, and I say that as if I've taken a long break, but instead I took a week off during Thanksgiving to head to Far West Texas and the Davis Mountains to camp with my family. So there was little cell phone service, and the desire to be offline was really strong. So I indulged with that and kind of went with the flow of things. So while we hiked up mountains and enjoyed the chilly, dry, but sunny weather, I honestly didn't think much about the podcast or gardening. And we left the garden after a multi-night freeze here, um, about three to four weeks earlier than usual, and I didn't even think about that. <laughs> So it wasn't too pleasant to come back home and realize that all the work needed to be done, but I did make a dent in a lot of it over this past weekend. The weather felt very spring-like, and I kind of got a little antsy for that late February air that happens around here. Today's guest is Timothy Hammond, known online and through his business as Big City Gardener. Taking an entrepreneurial background and mixing it with a desire to garden, Timothy has built Big City Gardener a garden design, installation, and consulting and maintenance business, a stone's throw away from the heart of downtown Houston. I first came across Timothy via Instagram late last year, and he has since taken his social media feed to Big Horizons. One of my favorite things about his feed are the before and afters with produce and how he cooks them up in his kitchen after. In addition to the garden design business, Timothy has a plot of land designed as an urban farm that he hopes can serve as an educational resource for his community. It's always great to connect with Houston gardeners, and I enjoyed chatting with Timothy and hearing about the great things he's doing and his enthusiasm for it. You can find the show notes for the podcast at thegardenpathpodcast.com, where you can also sign up for the monthly newsletter or drop me an email. I'm also on Instagram at thegardenpathpodcast, and I'm now tinkering with the idea of resurrecting my YouTube channel, maybe in the new year, so stay tuned on that. And thank you for the people who have recently given me five-star ratings and reviews on iTunes. They are very much appreciated. Okay, now enjoy the episode. All right, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good, good. Kind of bummed we're back in gray weather again, but (laughs) I guess we'll make do. Yeah, I like it better than 100 degrees. You know, it's a nice little break. Oh, well... I guess. I kind of like the warmth, so. Okay. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. To each their own, so. <laughs> I mean, I don't like cold weather. Like, I'm not a cold weather fan at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. You just like it a little cooler. Just a little cooler than 105 every day. Right. <laughs> I agree. Um, well, yeah, thanks for I'm glad we finally connected that it worked out. Um, but um, maybe if you want to introduce yourself and kind of talk about who you are in your garden and how you came to gardening, because from what I understand, you don't have a background in gardening. You kind of have a more business background. So maybe if you'd like to start there. Okay. Well, my name is Timothy Hammond. Uh, I guess on the internet world, I'm known as Big City Gardener. Big City Gardener is a landscape company. We design, install, and maintain edible landscapes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> so how did you get into that? Um, well, how did I, I guess I would say I've always been into gardening. You know, my parents, they both had gardens and I kind of, when I was a kid, 
we had a garden in my backyard. So I guess I've just been around it my entire life. And it's always been something I've been passionate about. So I guess Big City Gardener is just me growing or that growing, that idea and that concept of finding something you're passionate about and then putting everything into that. So that's how Big City Gardener came about. Okay. And about how long ago did you, um, I guess, incorporate, become a business and, and begin this journey? Um, maybe a little bit over a year, year and a half. Okay. You've kind of come a long way then since, since then. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so what yeah, were you, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you said I've come a long way. I think um, I'm just getting started. So it, it's, it's kind of easier for me because I guess I've never really had the typical nine to five job. My background is in finance and economics, but I did not get degrees and then go work at Chase Bank or something. You know, everything that I've always done has been entrepreneurial. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of natural for you to want to take something that you love doing and turn it into a way for you to make a living, basically. Yes. Yes. At first, it was just to be able to do cool stuff with my friends. And then we would, I guess, put our brains together and get on these entrepreneurial ventures. And now this is just me kind of going at it myself, doing something that I'm really passionate about and trying to turn it into, you know, a nice, a nice business venture. Right. Okay. And so you're in Houston as well. Uh, We're exactly in Houston because, you know, for most people, they think, I don't know, for me, Houston's such a big place. Um, But where exactly are you located in the city? I'm, uh, I'm in First Ward. Okay. I'm in between the Heights and downtown. Okay. Okay. So you're right in the middle of the heart of the city. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I might be a couple blocks from downtown. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I guess maybe want to talk about um, your spaces, where you're, you're, your business spaces, where you're growing kind of a farm-like urban farm situation versus your, your home growing situation. And you can start with either one if you want to start with, um, I guess, whatever catapulted you into to getting started that way. Uh, so I guess we'll start with the farm. That was just an idea that came in my head, right? I I kind of have the tendency to get ideas or thoughts in my head and get kind of stuck on them and work them a million different ways throughout my mind. And it just kind of came from that. I have a good friend, Chance Foreman. He, uh, He lives out in Austin and he would always tell me I should get some land and just grow on it. So this is that. <laughs> and how did you find the space? Uh, was you just kind of looking for available spaces near your home or and what was affordable or how did you come across it? So I was just looking for a space that was close enough to my house where I could ride my bike to get there. Nice. And how did I find it? I was just riding through the neighborhood on my bike and I kind of set out on a mission to see where I could find land. And this just happened to, I guess, be the place where it ended up, right? This wasn't where I originally intended 
to purchase or lease or use land, right? It's just how it ended up working out. All right. So where did, where did you want to start off leasing or purchasing? I wanted to be uh, in an area they call Kashmir Gardens. Okay. I think it's, uh, it's around 59 North and 610 area. Okay. Okay. They have some, some good sized lots over there. And I just thought it would have been cool to be in that area. All right. But, but this place came available and it kind of worked out better that way, I guess. Right. 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 And, and I still get to do cool stuff in Kashmir Gardens, So it's okay. I get to work with the community center and we're kind of putting on uh, some gardening classes on Tuesdays out there at the multi-service center. Okay, good. Um, So maybe describe this urban farm, like how big is it and what you've had to do to turn it into an urban farm? Like what was its prior use? It was... I think they just stored stuff on the lot. They had a bunch of uh, shipping containers back there. Okay. So what did I do is I got with the company called Nature's Way. They're out of Conroe, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, they're one of two places that I get compost from. And I got them to give me, or I purchased from them, a mixture that was compost and soil. And I guess even some wood chips. And then we got that down to the lot. And then we just wheelbarrowed and shoveled it out into rows. Okay. Yeah. And it was just you working this or did you have anybody helping you? I had a couple of friends. I had two or three friends. They would come out some weekends and help me. But for the most part, I would say that, yeah, I guess I would say I did most of the stuff that was there. Okay. (laughs) that's a lot of work (laughs) but it's not really work it's it's like fun i I put a i put this bluetooth speaker on or put some headphones on and you just kind of have fun and and zone out and get lost in your own thoughts right no i i understand (laughs) okay um so i'm looking through your your website and your blog you say you have about 52 rows at about 20 inches by 25 feet um, is that still the case? And I guess, um, you know, what are you cultivating? Yeah, that's still the case. I still have the rows. Uh, some of them have, uh, I guess, some, some grass or some weeds in them. So I'll be getting out there and clearing those soon. Uh, what am I growing right now? Right now I'm going to get onions planted and garlic and potatoes and kale and broccoli. You know, all the all the cool season crops are going to go in. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so your ultimate goal with with this urban farm is to is to be selling to your local neighborhood at farmers markets or are you hoping to have other people kind of use it as a community garden space? Like what's your overall goal? All right, so remember I said sometimes I get these thoughts and ideas and I just kind of get stuck <laughs> on them. So if you ask me what the goal is for this urban farm, I don't know. It's not to sell produce to restaurants or anything. It's really more, I guess, to educate people and to show people what you could do with all of the empty and available land in Houston. Right. Look, I kind of feel like there's no reason why 
every neighborhood doesn't have one or two of these quarter acre lots or whatever size lot growing produce. Right. I I completely agree. <laughs> There's a lot of empty vacant spaces that unfortunately get built up and put, you know, another gas station on it when you could be, you know, growing food, which would be much more right. beneficial. Right. Just so I guess the goal is just again, just to educate people, show people what you're capable of doing. And then uh with the produce that we actually grow or have grown, we've donated some of it and the rest we've given away or just eaten it. Okay. Okay. And so in addition to the urban farm, you said you have you doing landscaping and consulting type stuff with uh, Big City Gardener. Um, so can you talk about kind of what your, uh, I guess, business aspect is that you go and do for clients? Uh, we just show up, uh, assess the area where you want to put a vegetable garden in or maybe recreate your landscape and then I guess if we're doing the landscape project, we try to incorporate as many edible plants as possible. A lot of herbs, fruit trees growing. Um, and if it's just uh, as simple as coming in and putting in a raised bed for vegetable production, that's also something we do. Okay. And what are most people, I mean, I guessing most people are wanting to start edible gardening. Um, is there any particular things they're asking for when they're coming to talk to you? No, I think, uh, I think that really just depends on the person. I would say that nobody, people don't really ask the same questions. Right. I guess every situation is different. Okay. Uh, sorry. I want to go back to your urban farm for a second because I've thought of okay. something. Um, so you, you brought in a bunch of amendments, but I was curious because you said, you know, they stored things in the lot. I didn't know if you did any soil testing or any contaminant type testing before you started growing any of the food there, if, if that was a problem. No, I did not because we actually raised the level of the ground significantly. We may have brought a foot and a half worth of, uh, I guess, compost, soil, wood chips, and just built the land up. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're not concerned then? No. Okay. Because the the roots of the vegetables are not reaching, I guess, the soil or the dirt where they used to store anything. Right. Okay. Um, I know that's a big issue with other people, you know, you know, starting urban farms or even just trying to grow things in their own yards because they don't know who lived there before if they left like, you know, gas cans out or whatnot. So So I was concerned about that for you. Um, Yeah. So I guess maybe talk about some of those, any initial hurdles, like beginning this urban farm, what did you run into that you, or did you have anything that you ran into that you had to kind of troubleshoot or was it mostly just like kind of falling into place for you? No, it was mostly just falling into place. Good. Right. <laughs> just kind of, again, came up with the idea that just kind of was like, you know, I'm going to do it. And then, <laughs> well, that's and good. Then I, it's like the universe is working with me. Right. right. That's always the best way for things to happen. Right. Um. So how are you, are you sowing your 
your seeds directly into your, your rows or you, I, I think I saw your f- photos of big flats. You start things in flats and then put everything out. Is that how you're growing? I think it's a combination of both depends on the seasons. So um, for anything that I try to grow in the spring or in the fall, I usually plant them or transplants, use transplants as opposed to direct seeding. But anything that I'm going to be growing late in the spring or in the summertime, then I usually just direct seed those. Okay. And I think you are a master gardener as well. Is that correct? Yes. Um, yes. Do you, you have, like, how has that benefited you in, in helping creating this urban farm? I think being a master gardener, it got me and it got me around a lot of other people who are just gardeners. And then you're able to kind of pick their brains because there's people in there that have been growing things much longer than I have. And they have a lot more knowledge than I do. And it's cool to just be able to get in there and talk to them. So I would say that being a master gardener helped me by just exposing me to other people who you know, do what I do. Right. Right. And have you, um, have that influenced you in helping anybody else go and become another master gardener? No, not yet. (laughs) 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 Kind of hard uh, to, to, to get that going. (laughs) Right. I can only do so many things at once, I guess. (laughs) Right. But after, after I get big city gardener established and where I want it, then I think that I would definitely encourage people to become master gardeners or really just obtain all the knowledge you can. I guess you don't necessarily have to go and become a master gardener if it's not something you don't really want to do. Right. Right. No, I I've contemplated uh, the master gardener and the master naturalist programs. And I definitely feel like, they, it's almost like a mini college education from what I understand. Um, you just kind of get a ton of knowledge to absorb and just take both of those to a whole new level. Yes, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> you go in thinking you know something and then you come out like, man, I was completely wrong. <laughs> or maybe I just knew level one and there's like level 50. Right. <laughs> Um, oh, going back to your urban farm again, did you have any problems with Hurricane Harvey? Did you flood it all there? No. Okay, good. No. I was, I was worried about that because I didn't know, I know certain areas of the city are more flood prone than others. So. Um, oh, where it is, it's pretty good. Good. It's pretty safe over there. And you also have that, you said a warehouse too, um, on that is it on the same property is or is that an elsewhere it's on the same property but i don't actually use it okay just for yeah just for storage really okay i i just saw something that you mentioned maybe growing mushrooms or something perhaps but i didn't know if that was just a brainstorming idea kind of thing (laughs) so we thought about it and we'll eventually do it but not at this present time Okay. Um, your Instagram is pretty informative. I feel like you're always showing interesting ways of how to use your produce. So you, you take a photo of, you know, the raw ingredients and then 
you know, an after photo of whatever you've concocted and cooked up and, and as well as just a lot of little how to's, um, and little informative tidbits for people, I guess, how did you decide to kind of portray your, your, your Instagram page that way? And, um, how has that, has it helped you reach out to people? Um, so I would say that the reasoning behind the Instagram page is just to inform people, give people as much information as possible. Right. I think a lot of people are, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people hoard the information as opposed to just giving it to people. And I think that the more knowledgeable everyone else is, the bigger this gardening community can become. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why I guess we give out the information that we do. As far as the cooking aspect, I just think it's important to show people all of the different things you can make with the produce, right? Or the different ways you can incorporate it into your diet. Right. Again, I think if more people know about what you can make with the end product, then that might entice more people to get into gardening. Right. Yeah, because if you tell somebody how to like just plant something, but not how to use it, they're going to be, they're going to have 50 zucchinis and (laughs) not know what to do next. They don't know what to do. Right. right, right, and then it's 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 just becomes a waste, right? You you grow all this food, and then what do you do with it? You let it rot, right? Or you throw it away? So, I think if you know a bunch of different recipes, and hey, you can always create something that's good for you and tastes good. Right. No, I definitely like that aspect of of your page because, well, it's given me ideas and and you know things like that. So, right. Plus, you want to show people all the different produce that they're able to grow. Right. And, and seasonal produce so that, you know, whatever nutrients and vitamins you're supposed to be receiving at that time, you can get them in your body. Now, are you in 9A or 9B? I think 9B. Okay. I wasn't sure because I know the cutoff is somewhere kind of in that area as you head towards uh, further south of town, but I wasn't sure. So you, do you get a lot of frosts or are you pretty protected in the wintertime? No, we're pretty protected from the frost in the wintertime. Good. So have you thought about doing any like tropical trees, like avocados or anything like that? No avocados, but uh, like mango trees and guava trees. Yes. And uh, are they producing or are they just still kind of getting established? They're getting established. Okay. Oh, you could do citrus really well too, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have, I mean, I have, I don't know, oranges, grapefruits, satsumas, figs all in my yard already. Okay. Well, speaking of your yard, you want to talk about your home garden as well? Like what you seem to, that's pretty jam packed from what I saw. yeah i try to plant it pretty intensively you know try to make the most out of the space right so what Uh, do you what what do you got growing in there right now um still have some peppers from the spring 
but I guess I'm kind of in between seasons right now. I'm about to plant potatoes and onions and garlic and I don't know, broccoli, kale, basically everything that I'm starting for the farm is also going to end up here at my garden at the house. Okay. And you've got chickens running around as well, right? Yeah, I, I have a few chickens. <laughs> I, have, I have a few chickens over there uh, at the farm. I don't know, maybe 50 or 60 oh, you got, over there. Oh, I didn't know you had them over there too. Okay. <laughs> I have a few at my house. And I guess, are they helping uh, build some compost for you or are they just uh, mostly for the eggs? They're for everything. I let them out in between the seasons and they go in there and pull out whatever caterpillars or whatever bugs that I have in my beds. Uh, the run where I keep the chickens, I clean it out once or twice a year and compost all of that dirt. Also compost their, I guess the manure. I have a little catchment system that I use, take it and dump it in my compost pile. And yeah, and of course the eggs. Right. So that, yeah. And something else I've noticed is that I guess you have at least two children and they seem to be somewhat amenable to, to helping you. Um, <laughs> do they, do they have a lot of help in the garden from your family or is it you're, you're mostly the lone gardener? Uh, mostly me. So my kids, I mean, they're, they're, they're great help. <laughs> they get out there and run around I'm just trying to expose them to, I guess, gardening and to nature so that when they, as they get older, this is not a foreign concept to them. Right. Maybe they'll be like you. You were exposed to gardening and now you have a business. <laughs> I just want them to, whatever makes them happy, they should do that. If they enjoy gardening, then find a way to do something with gardening. Right. right. I just, just want them to love whatever it is they decide to do. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so do you have any of your like favorite crops you love to grow? Um, anything or anything that's unique that people in Houston or elsewhere should be growing that they're, they're not, that you're not seeing people grow? Um, hmm. I think people could research the different types of greens that are available. I guess in my yard, I grow some amaranth and a lot of people were unaware that you can eat the leaves of amaranth and it's similar to spinach. Mm -hmm. uh, I, as far as. Sorry, I would just say I hear, I hear amaranth time and time again from people. They're just, everybody <laughs> seems to say that, um, which is, which, you know, from what I see online, I don't see many people growing it, but the people who, who do grow it rave about it. Yeah. I mean, especially if you live in Houston or anywhere where it is hot for so long and you cannot grow spinach or you cannot grow a lot of greens in the summer, this one will produce all summer long and it will self seed in the bed. So be careful. Oh yeah. I've experienced yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about anything else that you love to grow? Um, Carrots. I like to juice a lot of carrots, so I try to grow a lot of carrots, sweet potatoes. Uh, that's it. I mean, you know, the, the basic things that everybody else 
or most gardeners grow with your tomatoes and your any kind of melons. But I guess I would say I really enjoy sweet potatoes and carrots. Is there any particular varieties that you like? No, I plant all the varieties of the sweet potatoes. Okay. And then I guess with the carrots, I think it's a, uh, is it maybe something like Danvers 126 or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, one of those. Okay. So nothing, nothing fancy from, you know, like one of the cosmic purples or anything like that. No, no, no. I'm going whatever is, whatever varieties are recommended for your area. I'm just going to grow those. I'm just going to focus on those and maybe occasionally try to grow one of the cosmic purples. <laughs> right. Red ones. Yeah. Mix something okay. else in. Okay. Um, now potatoes, I I've never grown them in the fall, and I have I just don't really have a good. My garden is a little moist for potatoes, so we don't really have a good, good season for that, and I've kind of given up on them. But can you talk about fall potatoes a little bit? Is it any like particular time frame down here that we need to would that would be good to try them in? Like right now would be the good time to plant potatoes. Is that what you're saying? Right now. Right now. And when would uh, harvest be? Uh, I think it's 90 days. Like depending on the variety that you plant, somewhere around 90 days. So okay. you're pulling them out. I guess you can get them in a little bit earlier in October, even in the end of September, and you'll be harvesting, you know, around New Year. I'm okay. sorry, around Christmas time or Thanksgiving time, depending on when you get them in the ground. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, I was concerned of, because I am north of town, and so we get and in nine A, so we get the freezes a little heavier than you guys do. So I was just thinking, I don't know if the potatoes would last that long. <laughs> they probably get burned. <laughs> yeah, you probably have to get them in earlier, probably even as early as uh, like early September. Yeah, and then they they should be out of the ground before the first freeze comes along. Right. Well, when, maybe- when do you guys normally get your first freeze? Gosh, see, I've lived here seven years, and I've gone anywhere from early December till like mid January. Okay. <laughs> it's been okay. a variety, but it's usually the first or second week of December that it happens. Okay. So, um, yeah, there was one year a couple of years ago that we didn't have a freeze until well after New Year's. I was like, "What is this? <laughs> this is great. Let's keep this up." But. So, but last year it snowed on us at the, you know, that big snowstorm that came. So mm-hmm. you never know. <laughs> um, so do you have any like gardening inspiration? Um, anybody, you know, in Houston, maybe that's inspired you or online books, people, mentors, anybody that you'd like to share? Uh, there's a man named Joe Isett. He used to run a place called the last organic outpost. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's just an incredible gardening mind, and we have some pretty cool conversations whenever we get together. Uh, my mom, she lives out in London or outside of London, and she's got this really small backyard, but she grows a bunch of different food out there, and it's pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know anybody else, though. Okay. <laughs> Now, does the last organic outpost not there anymore? 
No, I don't think so. I think he's planning on opening up another place further outside of the city, doing the same basic things that they were doing at the last organic outpost. Okay. I, I visited for one of their farm fests, I think in 2012. So that, that's my one and only time I've been there, but I was pretty impressed with the, the place. I'm kind of bummed it's not there. Yeah. I think somebody else got, uh, I think somebody purchased it and they're, they're turning it into something similar. Well, okay. I guess not not similar to the last organic outpost. I think they're just growing and gardening over there. Okay, okay. I'll have to uh, look him up and see where he's where he's moved to then. Okay. Um. Well, I guess maybe you want to close out if you can tell people where they can find you if if they wanted to connect with you uh, for a consult in Houston or, I mean, can people come by and, and visit your farm? Uh, no, not really. It's it's locked behind the gate, so they're not going to be able to get in. But okay. if if you reach out to me, I'm sure anytime I'm there, if the gate's unlocked, anybody driving by, feel free to come in. Uh, yeah, but as far as getting in touch with me online, I website, bigcitygardener.com. Uh, a little blog, we post blog post up there. And on Instagram at bigcitygardener. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I love what you're doing. And I think, I think you have, I don't know. I envision your little garden. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm dreaming for you here, but (laughs) you hold (laughs) holding some classes and people, you know, coming to get fresh food. Uh, I don't know. It just seems really cool what you're doing. That would be cool. I I wish you the best of luck. Well, I wish you the best of luck and um, I hope uh, you have a lot of success. Thank you very much. It was nice talking to you.